Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Johnny Eccles from Love, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in Five Songs With host Martin Popoff A production of Pantheon Podcasts Let's rock out with Martin. Martin Popoff here. Welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are part of a vast and always expanding cabal of music swamis here on Pantheon. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. This episode, uh, this is episode 150. I'm calling it Proto-Progressive Metal. Um, interesting way I got to this. I was either going to do this or I was going to do something on Vertigo Records, um, which is an episode I probably still will do. But the Vertigo thing, um, you know, got me inspired to do this. You know, I, I haven't done anything on Progressive Metal so far. You know, there's a... There's there's what we're going to talk about here, which is which is really proto progressive metal. But there's also the '70s situation, which you know, the younger and younger you can get, you might call that the proto progressive metal. Because how do we get to uh, sort of a, well? I'll I'll just go through this very quickly here. But again, the whole idea here is we're going to be talking about the really really early days, which I don't see really talked about uh, too much. So the actual building blocks of progressive metal. But how do we get to Rush, Queensryche, Fate's Warning, Crimson Glory. So that's your early uh, sort of 70s into the 80s situation that you might call progressive metal. And like I say, if you're super young, you might actually call that the proto. Uh, you can throw Kansas and Sticks in there as well. I sometimes, uh, you know, align them with Rush as the only things kind of like that at the time. But, you know, as you move on, you get to all sorts of different progressive metals. Uh, the, the more, the more, you know, more sincerely proggy, sober progressive metals of the likes of, uh, your Aryans and Vanden Plass and Riversides and Symphony X's, you know, which leans into, uh, power metal. Um, but you've also got Porcupine Tree. In there, you've got Dream Theater, super important. Um, but you've also got the, the, um, the noisy math rock, 
extreme metal end of things beginning in those early days with Dillinger Escape Plan. Um, you've got Tool, Mastodon. These to talk about some big ones. Tool is probably the biggest, but you've got Mastodon, Gojira. Um, Opeth uh, fits in this now as well. Meshuggah, of course, with the Degent thing. Periphery. You know, even Lamb of God and many and many uh, death metal bands, but Lamb of God you'd put in the technical death metal camp. Um but, you know, and going back to Death itself, uh, Chuck Schuldiner and Death and then Control Denied, his his one record proggy thing. You know, Watchtowers one people mentioned in the 80s as well. Uh, down a little bit the, uh, you know, alternative ways. You've got Mars Volta, Coheed and Cambria. Um, so, yeah, so there's a lot of ways to talk about this. This is just that was just a very chaotic short list. Uh, if I get into actually doing progressive metal episodes and we get into the 70s and the 80s and beyond, um, we will certainly be talking about some of those bands again. Um, but again, the whole idea with this, calling it proto-progressive metal, I almost called it proto-proto-proto-progressive metal because this is really proto but essentially, this is the building blocks, and, we, and we'll look at it uh, a few different ways as we go. Let's get into our first track here. This is Jimi Hendrix, or, or more so, the Jimi Hendrix experience, with I Don't Live Today. Take a listen. All right, so I wanted to pick this one because it is on the first album, R.U. Experience, issued May 12th, 1967. Um, but it's on both versions of the U.K. Uh, copy and the slightly altered U.S. version that came out. Um, but yeah, I wanted to pick this as well because it's heavy and it's proggy. So Jimi Hendrix, you have to put in here for a number of reasons. Uh, Jimi was an, was an influence on... Everybody who who did indeed prog or hard rock or progressive metal in the 70s. You know, I, I think of the first guy who comes to mind immediately is K.K. Downing. It's it's an absolute joy listening him talk, talk about Jimi Hendrix and seeing him many, many times and and uh, stealing the red fuzz pedal uh, when Fat Mattress came to town and sticking, sticking it in the back of a piano, going back for it a week later. Uh, that was a cool story he told me a little while ago. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I mentioned K.K. Downing because, again, a very important sort of band in the uh, that nobody really talks about as a progressive metal band is Judas Priest somewhat. When you think of Sad Wings of Destiny, you think of Simon Phillips on the very kind of progressively fearless Sin After Sin album, you think of Les Binks and some of the things that are done on Stained Class. Um, so uh, Priest themselves are somewhat of a progressive metal or progressive or proto-progressive metal band, but I... I you know Jimi Hendrix is kind of where it all starts in this. Now the other reason I wanted to pick Jimi Hendrix, I wanted them to be a placeholder or him to be a placeholder for Cream. Um because Cream, you definitely put into this camp as well. Um, they feel uh quite proto, big influence on Rush, um, you know, 
power trio, first power trio, early instances of amplification uh, with cream as well. But you get uh, another proto-progressive metal thing in uh, long songs and jamming or stretching things out. And you get the, the virtuoso thing, Eric Clapton is God, Ginger Baker with his double bass, Jack Bruce very uh, being a very exploratory and noisy bass player. So Cream are definitely, or The Cream are definitely in here right around this same time as Jimi Hendrix, 66, 67, in being uh, proto guys that inflamed or inspired or, uh, or you know, got got these young teenagers who were going to be prog players or progressive hard rock players or hard rock players themselves uh, really excited about music. Um, so they're in there as well. You know, you might mention Iron Butterfly with the massive Inagata de Vida and, uh, and their jammy qualities as well. Even Steppenwolf to some degree. Um, and also, I guess I wanted to mention in here, uh, in this sort of, uh, you know, pre-69 era, Deep Purple Mark One and Vanilla Fudge. I mean, this whole, this whole idea of, uh, of having, um, you know, big keyboards. Um, you know, progressive metal, not so much. Uh, well, keyboards are, are a thing in modern day progressive metal to, to a big extent, of course. Um, but uh, but yeah, having having keyboards stretching out, having these virtuoso players, John Lord, Richie Blackmore, uh, you know, having Mark Stein in there and um, Tim Bogert uh, in Vanilla Fudge, who is, uh, you know, considered a virtuoso bass player. So I, again, we've got we've got all this stuff in flux. This is all leading towards, you know, not so much, you know, I've talked about what led towards progressive rock, proto-progressive rock. Um, this is, again, down a little bit of a different pathway because there's a lot more amplification, a lot more guitar, bass, and drums. But again, that exploratory thing, that jamming thing. Um, so, so, you know, creativity, imagination. Uh, there you go. Uh, let's move into our second selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Led Zeppelin with Good Times, Bad Times. No matter how I try, I find my way to the same old jam. All right, so these guys have to be mentioned as well. Uh, Led Zeppelin's first album is January 12th, 1969. Uh, this song is chosen by me for its uh, fairly complicated riffing, very complicated drumming. Of course, this is the the, the famous story of John Bonham playing, um, you know, more or less double bass speed on a single bass pedal. Uh, but, you know, also from this album, you could say in the spirit of uh, progressive metal is the likes of How Many More Times and Dazed and Confused. And even Babe, uh, Babe, I'm going to leave you with the whole, um, is that what it's called? I think so. Uh, <laughs> with the whole... Um, acoustic guitar thing um you know progressive metal progressive rock led zeppelin kind of fits in that whole thing because of the you know the um the folkiness and the heaviness the long songs the what are they going to do next factor uh the power trio-ness uh you know if you want to talk about rush and again led zeppelin was a huge huge influence on rush uh, they are essentially a power trio with a standalone lead vocalist right um 
But uh, but yeah, Alex Lifeson absolutely adored Led Zeppelin, of course. Uh, and and Rush, you know, well, Rush's first album, people said, oh, they're they're like a baby Led Zeppelin, or oh, is this Led Zeppelin? You know, phoning into uh, to the Cleveland station there with Donna Halper, and oh, the new Led Zeppelin albums arrived, and all that part partially because of Getty's vocals. Um, but Zeppelin also fit in this idea of uh, of um, you know this is a this is a subtle thing, but the idea of progressive rock. Just being progressive and uh, and progressing and and doing a lot of different things. Um, so at the time, you know, people always grouse that oh, heavy metal didn't exist, the term didn't exist, progressive rock didn't exist. But progressive kind of describes all this stuff, and and this is kind of what I was going to discuss more. So if I got into this uh, Vertigo Vertigo Records. Uh, episode. But yeah, you think of uh, later on, the song remains the same, the song itself on the song rem- or, or on, on Houses of the Holy. Um, you know, that that feels to me pretty progressive. No, no quarter. Uh, In My Time of Dying, 11 minutes or whatever that is on uh, on Physical Graffiti. And Cashmere is a long one on there, In the, in the Light, 10 Years Gone. So there's a lot of stuff uh, from Zeppelin when they play live, you know, the infamous amount of jamming. Uh, the Tolkien, so the uh, the mystical lyrics are all over the place. Um, so Zeppelin definitely feel uh, somewhat part of this proto-progressive metal uh, story. Uh, you know, certainly they're not a band mentioned, you know, especially by younger people, they're not a band mentioned in the in the actual, you know, progressive metal timeline. But uh, there's the argument for them being in here. You know, you could go down the, uh, the road of the other exploratory hard blues, bluesy hard rock bands such as Taste, you know, even before maybe Yardbirds you'd put in here. Skid Row from Ireland, um, those two records, you know, Gary Moore uh, in there as well brush shields you know with that very frantic um you know i always consider them a cross between cream and king crimson jeff beck group with truth cactus uh even you know beck bogart and apathy uh so there's these other bands that somewhat fit into this as well you might want to throw mountain in there a little bit with a little bit of the conceptual stuff uh as well and the stretching out uh that mountain did um so there you go and uh yeah so uh Moving on, uh, this episode, of course, of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And... Special offer to History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's betterhelp.com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. So we're at number three. Take a listen to this. This is The Who with Amazing Journey. Loving life and becoming white in simplicity. Surely take the mind, where minds can't usually go. Come on, be 
All right, definitely wanted to get The Who in here as well because, again, this is a big influence on Rush. Rush always talks about The Who. And again, we're talking about another power trio. We're talking about a power trio with a very busy, exciting drummer in Keith Moon. And we're talking about a power trio with a busy, exciting bass player in John Entwistle. And I wanted to pick something from Tommy, issued May 17, 1969. We're going chronological here. Um, that shows a little bit of that. This isn't a particularly heavy song. But I also wanted to pick a band that is considered uh, a little bit hard rocky uh, as well. Um, so, uh, th- so the Who are again. If you move on and you've got young people, you're not going to consider them really part of uh, this whole this whole progressive metal thing. But you know, certainly a band like Rush would consider them a progressive hard rock band because the Who, especially live, could be very hard rocky. They could be jammy. Um, but also I wanted to pick something from Tommy because I wanted to pick something that was conceptual um, because progressive metal or progressive rock, you know, another mainstay of that is being conceptual, whether it's over a whole side like Rush to begin with or later on a whole album or or whole, um, yeah, whole albums or even just super long songs uh, that tell a story that could be a little mystical. Uh, the Who are in there with, uh, you know, this is considered the first rock opera, right? Uh, but it's definitely a progressive rock album. Uh, as I mean, it's definitely a, con- a concept album as well. There have been previous concept albums. Um, in the past, we won't go down that road, but this was a big, famous um, progressive rock album uh, or con- concept album as well. So definitely wanted to put them in here. I think I think they they fit as part of this quadrophenia. They did the whole rock opera thing again, um, and uh, and like I say, uh, playing wise, uh, very dynamic trio, and and that leads us uh, directly into Rush, who are the true. Um, you know, the actual, I've argued this up and down, you know, they are truly the uh, the first big main, pretty much unarguable band uh, making, you know, true progressive metal. Uh, so there you go. Uh, let's move on. Uh, take a listen to our fourth track here. This is Black Sabbath with Wicked World. Okay, so this is a funny one. This is more so this was going to be somewhat the mainstay of my Vertigo Records episode. But um, they also fit here because people often do have this debate about Black Sabbath, uh, whether or not they are a progressive metal band or a progressive rock band in that in that uh you know nice 1970s 71 72 uh situation um you know usually when people talk about black sabbath as a progressive rock band they usually zoom forward to the likes of sabbath bloody sabbath and mention oh rick wakeman was in there and he gets in and plays a little synthesizer and whatnot but you know you could look at um Wheels of Confusion or even War Pigs or much of this first album. I mean, so Wicked World, I wanted to play. Uh, interesting thing about Wicked World is it's on the American version of Black Sabbath, but it was not on the UK version. On the UK version, they had Evil Woman, which was a 
a crow cover, Evil Woman, Don't You Play Your Games With Me. Um, but we we got this original uh, over on our, uh, our edition of the album, and it's a heavy song, and it's proggy, and, you know, even when you listen to the likes of uh black sabbath itself the song it has many different movements and speeds and you've got warning on there that whole 14 minute thing and and also this song this album is one of those notorious albums where you've got the whole um you know the breaking up of the songs or combining of the songs into long pieces so if one were to look at the back of black sabbath black sabbath it totally looks like a progressive rock album and they are on vertigo records which has this this sort of um a reputation at the time for being a hard rock progressive slash hard slash progressive label. And again, um, this leads us into a discussion of Krautrock, where you've got all these German bands who are playing very complicated music, but is quite often fairly heavy. You know, you're the likes of your Tiger B. Smith and Deshin and Harry Chapter and Amandul too. Uh, all these bands over there doing this kind of thing. Lucifer's Friend, uh, you could almost put into this... Uh, proto-progressive uh, end of end of things as well. So, uh, so yeah, the, the Black Sabbath is an, is an interesting fit. I mean, even when you get up to Sabotage and you've got 11 minutes of Megalomania and 8 minutes of The Writ and uh, the short little Don't Start Too Late before Symptom, uh, uh, Symptom of the Universe and where Symptom of the Universe itself goes and where Hole in the Sky goes. Um, or thrill of it all mainly goes. It's super bizarre, uh, you know, very weird progressive sort of uh, song on there. So Sabbath is uh, is an interesting fit to this whole thing. Again, um, usually when I talk about the 70s and progressive metal, I literally talk about one band, Rush. Um, but again, so, so far to recap, you could put in Zeppelin, you could put in Who, you could put in Sabbath, you could put in your I Heap. Um, I, I wanted to mention there, them here. Sabbath is kind of a placeholder for Heap. I know we've talked about Heap a little bit, uh, late, lately, um, on History and Five Songs, so I, did, I didn't want to include uh, a song by them. And again, uh, I often, well, I, I often mention Kansas and Styx as the only bands who are sort of contemporaries of Rush, making progressive metal of a sort in that in that 74 through to 79 period. Um, so there you go. That's in there as well. All right, let's move on to our fifth selection here. Take a listen to this. This is King Crimson with Pictures of a City. Right, so King Crimson is an interesting one here as well, um, because I put King Crimson in that camp as being the heaviest of the actual progressive rock bands. So are they proto-progressive metal? Um, again, I think everything is proto-progressive metal before Rush's second album. Um, so essentially, I think everything has to be called proto 
until you get to uh, Fly by Night and Caress of Steel. That's that sort of uh, era of Rush when Neil Peart joins Rush. So, uh, so yeah, technically everything from 70, 71, 72, 74 is proto-progressive metal because Rush is the first progressive metal band. So pictures of the city, I wanted to pick this. This is May 15th, 1970. So, so keeping with our chronological, this is four months on from um, from Black Sabbath, you know, inventing heavy metal, but also being proto-progressive metal at the same time with that first album. This is actually King Crimson on their second album. So this is from In the Wake of Poseidon. I didn't want to pick the big obvious song because people always talk about that, which is uh, 20th Century Schizoid Man from the debut album in the Court of the uh, Crimson King, which is... Um, 1969. Uh, but here you get uh, them doing kind of the same sort of thing. This is a very Krautrock album as well, because there is, you know, horn arrangements and all that. But essentially, it's 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 Robert Fripp and Peter Sinfield on lyrics and and Michael Giles on drums. You got Greg Lake, um, you know, big famous uh, guy and Greg Lake on vocals and stuff. But yeah, the, the the lineup is already fracturing. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with King Crimson uh, at this point. Um uh, on to their second album. And again, you know, you, you move right through uh, all of this prolific period of, of King Crimson with uh, Islands and Earthbound and Red and all that. Um, and it's all still going to be essentially, you know, Lark's Tongue and Aspect. This is all, this is all still... Um, if, if uh, you know, you're following and agreeing with my timeline, this is all coming in in the proto end of things. Um, but again, also... Um, Usually with King Crimson, they're not talked about as pro, uh, as too much as proto-progressive metal and more so as the heaviest or darkest of the progressive rock bands. So that's how that usually works. Um, honorable mentions. I, I thought this kind of opens up the discussion a little bit. Uh, Loudwire did an article where they, where they called the roots of prog metal in 11 songs. And they included 21st Century Schizoid Man. They stuck High Tide in there with Death Warmed Up. They stuck Jethro Tull in there with Aqualung, which is kind of a good choice because Jethro Tull, again, was doing some heavy stuff, but they were actually in a in a prog frame of mind. So they're kind of like your King Crimson at that point. Not so much on the early bluesy stuff, but once they get to Aqualung, definitely. Uh, Blackwater Park, Rock Song 1971. I, I would agree with that. Uh, dust from a Dry Camel. I think the dust whole, the whole dust thing is a little overrated. Uh, Your I Heap, The Magician's Birthday. See, that's the song that you usually will pick from Heap to uh, to uh, exemplify this idea of being proto-progressive metal because it is a super long one. 1972, a lot of, lot of things. And they've got Black Sabbath, Wheels of Confusion in here. Budgie Bread Fan, interesting choice. This brings up a thing where I wanted to stick with, um, I wanted to stick with bands that were kind of famous enough that were, so they were absolutely um influencing and inspiring the actual early progressive metal players. Uh, so, so your rush into Kansas, into sticks, maybe even, you know, stretching it into Queensryche and Fate's Warning and that kind of thing. Um, so Budgie's kind of a funny one that they weren't particularly famous. Um, you know, I almost consider them the doppelganger of Rush or even a precursor to Rush in a certain way. Um, but they had the funny song titles and they had they had long songs. They had the combining songs going on. Bread Fan itself is just a straight heavy metal song. I don't really think it, it belongs in here. Um, but they, they definitely had some proggy things along the way. They were more sort of turgid and slow and heavy uh, in most cases. 
Uh, but this is almost like a proto-heavy metal classic. Um, you know, they put in Led Zeppelin with Achilles' Last Stand. We're already up to 1976, but but again, long song, pretty proggy, pretty majestic and epic. Uh, they've got Judas Priest in here with Victim of Changes. That's a really excellent choice. And then they've got Rush with 2112. But like I say, I think you're already looking at, um, uh, you know, the first progressive metal band of all time. Uh, the Dowsers had a kind of an interesting thing. What, did the, what do they say here? However, the Seeds of Lofty, lateral-minded metal churn go back to the 60s and 70s, pioneering prog artists and tool influences. King Crimson and Pink Floyd would often venture into heavy and strange. Lesser-known bands such as Britain's Atomic Rooster, Germany's Lucifer's Friend, Los Angeles' Captain Beyond um, sunk teeth into proto-metal moods. Jazz artists like Tony William, Mahavishnu Orchestra, and 70s Miles Davis mixed bonkers playing with aggressive rock energy. French Zuil bands like Magma and Belgian rock in opposition band Universe Zero. Played with time signatures in disorienting, disorienting ways. Here's some bands that play. Okay, so so again, uh, just to mention a few things there. Uh, they've got Atomic Rooster in here, which is an excellent, excellent choice. Carl Palmer kind of interfaces here, right? Uh, so heavy and proggy. So that's that's kind of a good one. Lucifer's Friend as well, as I mentioned before. Um, Mahavishnu Orchestra. So if you want to get into the heavy fusion end of things, uh, you could say that that's somewhat uh, proto proto-progressive metal. Um, and Pink Floyd's an interesting one because uh, they could be a little dark and nightmarish in, t- in, in the Sid era. You know, uh, we, you know, famously Voivod covered Astronomy, Astronomy Domine. Um, so yeah, and they're dark. And the other thing about Pink Floyd is metalheads loved Pink Floyd and they, and they love Pink Floyd. You know, more so the later albums when, again, we already have Rush uh, at that point. Um, but there you go. That that is your that is your really 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 proto progressive metal roots. You're going back to the 60s and early 70s before like I say, I guess it gets invented properly, uh, you know, un, un unironically, unobtrusively with no noise, with no asterisks, uh basically with uh with the likes of Fly By Night and Caress of Steel, essentially, together. That That is your true pro, uh, in, uh, invention of progressive metal. Um, if you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi, rhymes with no fee, uh, .com uh, slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or a pint. We've got a short list this week because I'm actually doing this uh, just a couple of days after I did the previous episode, which was guest female vocalist, which just went up yesterday. Um but I'm doing this early because I've got a little Windsor and Detroit adventure coming up uh, where I'm going to be going to see you. So this will be gone by the time we do this. And of course, if you listen to this years later, it's going to be well gone. Uh, but uh, but I'm kind of excited about seeing uh, great Canadian legendary band uh, Tease um, in, in reformation mode. Uh, I think, yeah, all four of the guys I think are going to be there um, at the Walkerton Theater in Windsor. So I'm, uh, when, I'm, when I normally would be doing one of these episodes, I'm going to be four hours away from from Toronto in Windsor and Detroit um, seeing teas and hanging out with my good buddy Rick Labonte from uh, from Sea of Tranquility. Uh, he, he lives down that way, so we're going to get together and go to that show to, uh, together. So that's going to be fun. So yeah, short list. Um, this is just <laughs> folks who have uh, who have kindly gone and, and co-feed without my usual weekly reminder thing and they got in there early. This is uh, So I definitely want to thank Lee Clifford, Tim Derling, Michael Mahoney, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, and Dan Spurgeon. Brocker Reef. Um, and you can go to Martin Popoff for, for all your book needs. Uh, as you've seen, um, I've also been um, 
uh, I've signed on with ArtPal, so I've been putting up my um, my drawings, my portraits of rock stars. I, I recently did. Uh, Geezer Butler just went up, Bill Ward just went up, and Eric Bloom and an Alice Cooper. Uh, so you can see those at ArtPal.com. Just put my name in the search engine. You'll see those there, and you can, you can get prints and, and uh, frame things and uh, on canvas or on paper, even on coffee mug of uh, these things I've been drawing. I've been having a blast doing that. And I've, I've got my own uh, that I've been sending out as well here signed in gold penned and numbered i'm limiting them all to 70 uh so yeah you can check with me uh, on our very busy facebook page or email me at martinp at inforamp.net uh, or go to art pal uh so there you go go uh go ponder some of this uh proto progressive metal uh, that we talked about here in episode 150 and let me know what you think talk to you later Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.